the Redemption Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. You haven't really effectively preached to me unless you've taught me something. And, and honestly, I don't even know how people teach without preaching a little. Because you get excited about something and your voice just fluctuates and a smile comes across your face and you just, you feel like preaching. Even those that are not really preachers, just they start preaching because they know that the word of God is anointed, that it's truth, that it brings healing, that it brings victory. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 5 verse 25. I am sure this is a story that you have heard before, but the Lord brought me here this morning and really neither really didn't give me an option to preach anything else tonight. So I, I believe that this word is for somebody in the audience. I believe that you were meant to be here tonight. I believe that this isn't just an ordinary average normal Wednesday night. I believe that God has something to say to somebody here. I believe that God knew you was coming and he tailored a message that you need to hear. So let's pray and then we'll just, we'll break this down together. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your word. I ask that you help me to deliver this message, tailor it, make it specific and intimate to every individual under the sound of my voice. Empower, enable, and strengthen me to deliver this message as you have delivered it to me. Lord, I take no ownership or authorship or credit because I know that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight for a while about overcoming issues. In Mark chapter 5 verse 25 it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, she had a sickness issue, a health issue, not for 12 days or 12 weeks, or 12 months, but for 12 years. I emphasize 12 years because anytime you have an issue that has been present in your life for an extended period of time, it causes you to be discouraged. It causes you to lose hope because in those 12 years, I am sure she thought something was going to happen. I am sure that she thought something was going to change. I'm sure she thought something was going to work, but time Time after time after time again, she was disappointed over and over and over again. And even the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you expect something to happen and it doesn't, when you anticipate something coming but it doesn't show up when you thought it would, it causes you to grow sick with discouragement causes you to grow sick with depression she had this health issue for 12 years verse 26 says and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse she spent her entire life savings 
on physicians and treatments. But nothing helped. Her condition continued to deteriorate. Verse 27 says, when she had heard of Jesus. I'm not sure how she heard of Jesus. But I assume that somebody opened their mouth and told her what Jesus had done for them. I am sure that there was somebody who came along and told her how Jesus had healed them. How Jesus had saved them. How Jesus had delivered them. I am so glad that there are still people that talk about Jesus outside the confines of these four walls. I'm so glad that there are still people who talk about Jesus at the gym. I ran into an older man yesterday and he come up to me and I'd never met him before but he immediately began talking about Jesus he didn't know I was a pastor he didn't even know I went to church but he just started talking about how Jesus had healed him how Jesus had raised him up out of a wheelchair how it was Jesus that enabled him to be able to go to the gym I'm so glad that there are still people who talk about Jesus because there was somebody that told this woman about Jesus Jesus, and that's the very moment when her life began to change. That's the very moment when her situation, her circumstance began to change. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Jesus and the crowd of people surrounding him passed her by and she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. The other gospels say she touched the hem of his garment. Verse 28 says, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Verse 29 says, and straightway, immediately, when she came in contact with the presence of Jesus, when she had an experience with Jesus, immediately her condition was altered. Immediately something happened in her life. Immediately there was a breakthrough. There is still an experience that we can have with Jesus that changes the landscape of our life. There's still an experience that we can have with Jesus in which everything is different and nothing is ever the same again. Do you believe that? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? He, he felt power flow out of him. And it stopped him in his tracks. And he said, who touched me? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and saith thou, who touched me? The disciples look at Jesus and say, this is an absurd question. Who is it touching you? Everybody's bumping into you. Everybody's rubbing shoulders with you. But what the disciples didn't understand is that somebody reached out and touched Jesus in faith. Somebody reached out and touched Jesus in belief. And it was different than those that were bumping into Jesus. Immediately Jesus felt something happen when this woman touched him. And he asked, who touched me? And he looked around about to her. 
that had done this thing, Jesus' eyes fell upon the woman that had touched the hem of his garment. But the woman, fearing and trembling, she was afraid because she could be stoned for this. She was ceremonially unclean. And if a ceremonially unclean woman touched a religious man, she could be put to death by stoning. So she didn't know what was going to happen to her. She was afraid. She knew she was healed. And she came down and fell before him and told him the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith, not thy fabric, not my fabric. It wasn't about his fabric. His fabric was, was no different than my blue jeans or my t-shirt. What you got to understand is that the hem of Jesus' garment was just a point of contact through which this woman released her faith in Jesus. It's no different than a prayer cloth. There's nothing special about the prayer cloth we hand out. What's special about them is that they're a point of contact that allows people to release their faith in Jesus Christ. And when people have faith in Jesus Christ, all things are possible. He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So I want to quickly use that passage of Scripture as a backdrop to talk to you about issues. This woman had issues. We all have issues. Maybe it's not health issues, maybe it's relationship issues, maybe it's marital issues, maybe it's spiritual issues, maybe it's rebellious issues, maybe it's addictive issues, but we all have issues. Matter of fact, raise your hand if you have issues. That's a perfect segue into my first point. I want to give you five ways that you can overcome Whatever issue has been long-standing in your life. The first point is this. We have to realize that we all have issues. The enemy tries to convince us that we're the only one. We're the only one tempted by anything. We're the only one says something that we wish we hadn't said. We're the only one loses our temper. We're the only one that watched that show we probably shouldn't have watched. We're the only one that gave in. We're the only one that indulged. The enemy is an expert at convincing you that you're all by yourself. But if you had eyes to see with and you could see past the facade of everyone in this room, you'd realize that we are a people that is heavy laden with issues. We all have issues. Matter of fact, everyone who's ever lived had issues. The most prominent, the most influential people in the Bible had issues. Eve had issues. God placed Eve in a garden paradise. She was basically living in a sandals resort. She was provided for. She was taken care of. Every need she had was met. God put her in a, a garden that was filled with trees that bear fruit. But these weren't just any trees that bear fruit. These were trees that bear fruit that produced supernatural effects. Did you know there was one tree in this garden that if you ate the fruit thereof, you'd live forever? You'd live forever. So... Eve had blessing after blessing at her fingertips. 
And God told her, there's one tree that's off limits. One tree you can't eat off of. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know what Eve did? Eve stared at what she didn't have. She stared at what was absent in her life. And she stared at it for so long that she became blind to everything that God had done for her. She became blind to all that she had. She became blind to every blessing in her life and discontentment was birthed in her heart and she ended up reaching out for what God said she should not partake of and she ended up losing everything that God had given her in the process. We do that, don't we? We do that in our marriage. We focus on what our husband doesn't do, the needs that our wife doesn't meet, what other people's spouse do, does, what other people's spouse takes care of. I wish my husband was like so-and-so. wish my wife was more like so-and-so. And what happens is discontentment is birthed in our heart. And before the enemy can take what God has given you, he has to first make you discontent with it. Because the enemy can't really take it. He's got to get you to give it up first. And the only way he can get you to give it up is if you're discontent with it. Eve had discontentment issues. Sarah had issues. She was the matriarch of everyone who believes. And yet, she had doubt in her heart. God told Abraham when he was 75, that him and Sarah would have a child. 25 years pass. Abraham is 100 years old. Sarah is 90. God sends the prophet to Abraham's house and tells Abraham and Sarah that they're getting ready to have a child and Sarah had so much doubt and unbelief in her heart that she laughed sarcastically at the notion that she would give birth to a child in her situation, in her condition. Moses struggled with anger. Moses got so mad one time he killed an Egyptian buried the body in the sand. He got so angry one time, God said, I want you to speak to the rock, but he could not contain himself and he hit it. You ever been so mad you just wanted to hit something? That's what Moses did. He was just angry. David had lust issues. David was the king. He had anything his heart could desire, but that wasn't enough. He lusted over another man's wife. He committed adultery with her and conspired to have her husband killed. Jonah had rebellious issues. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah got on a ship headed in the opposite direction. That's how rebellious Jonah was. God told me to go this way so I'm going that way and I'm going as far that way as I can possibly get. Paul struggled with guilt and regret. Because before Paul was converted, he was essentially a terrorist. He would walk into a place of worship like this, grab up believers, men, women, and children, and throw them into prison. He even stood and consented to the stoning of the first martyr for Jesus, Stephen. What I want you to see in this is that every prominent, influential character in the Bible, they had issues. They were just like us. So the first step in overcoming your issues is realizing that we all have them and 
you got to realize your own personal issues. Because sometimes we're real good at picking out other people's issues. This one gets angry. This one's discontent. That one has a bad attitude. That one is lustful. That one is hateful to everyone. We're real good at pointing out other people's issues, but then we're blind to our own. So I want you to take just a moment. I'm going to give you about five seconds. I want you to think for just a moment. What's your issue? I don't want you to tell me or anybody around you. I want you to think. Name one issue that you have in your head right now. One issue. What is one of your issues? You cannot fix a problem if you don't know what it is. You can't solve something until you first identify what's wrong. That's the problem with church people. We walk around with our nose up in the air pretending like we don't have an issue in the world and that's, that's why we never grow, we never increase, we never move from glory to glory. What are you working on? Where are you coming up short? What are your issues? After you've realized what your issues are, the second step to overcoming them is realizing that you're not your issue. What's this woman's name in Mark chapter 5? I would give somebody $50 right now if they could tell me her name. What was her name? Was it Melissa? Jessica? Sarah? Shanoa? What was it? We don't know what her name was. You know why we don't know what her name was? Because everyone around her labeled her by her issue. Everyone around her addressed her by her issue. Everyone around her spoke to her by her issue. When I was working on my bachelor's in human services and counseling, one thing that they told us we could never do in a counseling session is address someone by their issue. We couldn't call people alcoholics. We couldn't call people addicts. We couldn't call people homosexuals. Because they told us if you label people by their issue, you're essentially saying that their issue is their identity. And if their issue is who they are, then they're powerless to change it. You see, this is something that the church has done wrong. We've pointed at people and we've labeled them by their issues, which is why we're raising up a generation that think they were born that way. That think their problem is an extension of who they are. They need someone to come along and say, you are not your issue. I know you're divorced, but you are not your issue. I know you struggle with alcohol, but you are not your issue. I know you've struggled with drugs, but you are not your issue. I know you've struggled with homosexuality, but you are not your issue. I know you've got an anger problem and a lust problem, but you are not your issue. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. You are creations of God you are children of God you are not your issue I'm more than what I've done wrong I'm more than my failures I'm more than my shortcomings 
I'm more than those times that I've missed the mark. I'm more than my problems. I'm more than my obstacles. I'm more than my boundaries. And we can't expect people to try to overcome what they're battling with unless we first remind them that they are more than what the enemy has used in their life. Give the Lord some praise. So you got to realize what your issue is. You got to realize that you are not your issue. Third thing you have to do is you got to stop trying to fix it yourself. <laughs> the Bible says that this woman spent her life savings on physicians and treatments trying to make it better, trying to change it, trying to improve it, trying to resolve it, but nothing helped. When you have a long-standing issue in your life, something that's been around for a while, you've got to come to the conclusion that you can't fix it yourself. Because if you could fix it yourself, it would already be fixed. If you could fix it yourself, you wouldn't have allowed it to be present in your life for 12 years. If you could fix it yourself, it would have been done by now. So you got to come to the point in which you realize, I can't do anything about this in myself. I don't have the power, the strength, the intellect, the anointing to fix this myself. This woman would have never got her breakthrough. She would have never got her deliverance. She would have never got her healing had she not first come to the place that I don't have what it takes to do anything about my situation, my circumstance, or my condition. See, because it's only when we come to the end of us that we come to the beginning of God. She spent all that she had and then she realized, I'm not going to fix this. Some of you have been struggling with an issue for a very long time and you've wore yourself out. You've wasted your money. You've wasted your strength. You've wasted your energy and God has been waiting for you to throw your hands up in the air and realize that you can't fix this. I'm so tired of of people coming to me and saying, Pastor, I'll come to church when I stop doing this. Come to church when I stop cussing or sleeping around or doing drugs. No, it don't work like that. If you could fix it, then you wouldn't need Jesus at all. If you could save yourself, you wouldn't need a Savior. The fact that you can't do it proves how much you need Jesus to step in. Which brings me to my fourth point. you got to believe that Jesus is going to resolve it. Once you realize you can't, you got to believe that he will. I love how Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 words this. It says that this woman said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. If you read that in the original Greek, it's almost as if she was sitting on the side of the road. She had heard about Jesus. And she was just rolling over in her mind, her heart, her spirit. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch. 
the hem of his garment. If I can just get to where he is, if I, if I can just come in contact with him. I know I've had this problem for a long time, but I feel like if I can just have one moment with him, if, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. See, the Greek is repetitive. It's like she was saying it over and over again. You know, before she got up, before she pressed through the crowd, before she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, you know what she did? She convinced herself that it was going to work. She convinced herself that Jesus Jesus was going to make a way. She convinced herself that Jesus was going to intervene. She convinced herself that Jesus was going to move. The Bible says when you ask God for something, believe that you've received it and you shall have it. She convinced herself. If I touch his garment, if I come in contact with him, every disease in my body will be resolved Every disorder in my body will be resolved. Every dysfunction in my body will be resolved. You see, she didn't come at this halfway. She didn't come saying, well, let's see what happens. She didn't come saying, well, maybe this will work. She came with a made-up mind. I have no other options. I have no other alternatives. Jesus is my only way. Jesus is my only answer. And she reached out and touched him. Which brings me to the last thing that you need to do. If you're going to overcome your long-standing issues, you've got to draw nigh to Jesus. Do you know everyone that Jesus touched was healed? But this woman touched Jesus and she was made whole. You see, if Jesus comes to you, You'll have your miracle. But it's when you start pursuing Jesus that your entire life will be rearranged. Your entire life will be changed. Jesus will come and do some things for you. Jesus will come by and touch you from time to time. But if you want every broken place in your body to be made whole, if you want a life transforming experience, if you want to be made into a new creature, you got to start pursuing him. Seek for First, the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. She started pursuing Jesus. She pressed through the crowd of people, all the distractions, all the things standing in her way. And she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. The hem is the place where all loose ends are tied together. It's the place where it works out. It's the place where everything fits, it's the place where God brings it all together. She touched the hem of his garment. And that issue that had been present in her life for so long wasn't present anymore. And see, what I come to tell you tonight, what I come to say to you is some of you have had an issue in your life that has haunted you. You do good for a while, a couple weeks, a couple months, but then it reappears, it reemerges, and then you fall off the face of the earth for a while, and then you get the courage to try again, and you get up. And you do the same things, only to have the same issue appear once again. And I believe that the Lord wants to resolve that long-standing issue that has held you back. 
that has delayed your progress, that has confined you, that has kept you from being able to do what he's called you to do and be who he's called you to be, that issue that robs your joy, your peace. I don't know what it is. But if you identify whatever that issue is, if you'll realize that you are not your issue, if you'll realize that you can't fix it, if you'll believe that this service can be different than any service you've ever attended in your life, if you believe that you can come to this altar and experience a miracle tonight, if you believe that Jesus can resolve your issue, and then if you act on that belief by drawing nigh to Him, by reaching out, I believe that God is going to do exceeding great and wonderful things in your life. Come on up to the music. If you're here and you're lost, you have a lot of issues. <laughs> to put it bluntly, you have a lot of issues. But your major issue is your sin issue. Because your sins have not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's no way that we can go to heaven unless God sees us as perfect. And the only way God will ever see us as perfect is if we're covered by the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. We will never be perfect. Don't get it twisted. Don't misinterpret it. We will never be perfect. But when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our life, God doesn't see the times we messed up. God doesn't see what we said. God doesn't see what we did. You know what God sees? He sees what Jesus did on our behalf. He sees what Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Amen. So if you're here today and you're lost, would you come to Jesus? Would you confess your sins? And accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Play the music real softly for just a minute. Andy, come up here. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you're no different. You've got a lot of issues too. I don't know what it is. Maybe discontentment, maybe depression, maybe anger, maybe lust. Maybe rebellion. I don't know what it is. But it's disheartening to deal with the same issue for a long time, isn't it? It's disheartening when you look at the same problem for a long time. I want you to know that you can't overcome your issues. And that the issue you're struggling with was never meant to be a part of your life forever. You can find the help that you need. So if you're saved, I want you to come, but I want you to help me pray with Andy first. Can I, can I have some people come up? I was praying in my prayer closet today. And the Lord put Andy on my heart. And I started praying for him. 
And the Lord showed me some things that we're going to come together and pray about. So a lot of people don't know it, but Andy's been through a lot in his life. Biological father wasn't present. Lost his first wife to a car accident. And when you go through hard things, it can cause you to start being closed off, not intentionally, but because it's hard to open up again. When you faced tragedy and, and disappointment and brokenness. And I began to pray and I felt like God said, I want to do something in your life. I want to take you to a whole nother level spiritually. The Lord is proud of the steps you've been taking to give you, to give more time to him more time in prayer and I feel like the Lord is saying I want to reveal things to you spiritually that you've never known that you've never experienced and so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to pray that the anointing would begin to open his heart to spiritual things that he's never known or experienced because what he's been through has sort of limited him in the ability to open up his heart and to feel the unrestrained presence and power of God and to walk in the spirit but I believe that God is going to do something significant in your life. I believe that God is going to take you to the next level. And as he increases your anointing, as, as you have new spiritual experiences, you're going to be able to be a voice of hope for others. You're going to be able to pour into others in a way you never have before. You're going to be able to speak with authority over people's situation and circumstance, rebuking the enemy and seeing chains broken before you. Lord, as we agree together right now, take him to places that he's never been in the spirit. Lord, you said that the natural mind does not understand the spiritual things of God so Lord help us to step out of ourselves and to receive what you have for us in the spiritual realm Lord I pray that you would ignite a fire in him that he has never experienced before I pray Lord that he would burn brighter with more passion more commitment than he has ever known before I pray Lord that you would begin to speak to him and he would hear you and that he would feel close to you that he would know what's on your mind that he would know what you have planned Lord I pray that you would share those secrets with him as he abides in the shadow of the most high Lord as a body we agree together right now that you're going to move everything that would hinder him from stepping into these new spiritual places 
and that you are going to dramatically transform his relationship with you taking him to new heights in these upcoming weeks in the name of Jesus we pray amen hallelujah Thank you for listening to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more great messages,